listening to the Joshua Badu podcast. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. And last but not least, enjoy. Welcome back to the Coach Badu Experience podcast. I am your host, Joshua Badu. And we're here today with very special guests, Marshall Yuan <laughs> and Sangeeta Gowda slash Gowda. How you guys doing? Hello. Good. You uh, you didn't do too bad on the names. I can tell I did terrible because <laughs> you could even hide your laughter. There's no way you didn't come out. They already know I messed up. It's okay. It's it's getting there. I try my best. There. You know, it's not about it's not about perfection. It's just about getting in there and giving it your all. So, and Marshall Sangita, you guys are uh, directors, writers, and actors and actresses, respectively. Um, and thank you for coming on to the show today and donating some of your time. Appreciate it. No. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very professional set. I'd oh, say we scrambled together. We really made it work. Yeah. I want to give special thanks out to Lakshmi Gowda Lakshmi. as well. Lakshmi. I I feel like honestly she probably deserves like fifty percent of the profits from this episode. Like yeah. <laughs> so give Lakshmi, she provided us with all this equipment today. So it's a. I guess like a sponsor, you know? Yeah, for those who is are following the podcast, you may see that the, the video portion is different. Usually we're at Bella Vista Hotel, who has been a proud sponsor of the podcast. And when I say sponsor, I mean they give me a free studio to work in. But today, we're, it's an away game. We're at the Gouda residence. So, mm -hmm. how are you guys feeling? Good. I mean, this is my house, so I'm pretty chill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I come here once a week, so this is my... Once, <laughs> once a week house. So I feel pretty comfortable too. Yeah. How, are you, how are you feeling? I'm getting more comfortable. That's why I like to just ease into it. You know what I mean? You start very light, start very mm. soft. And then by the end of it, tears are coming out. And we're like crying over trauma. Whatever's yeah. happening. This is your guys' first face-to-face -face podcast. You've done a few of them. Yeah. In fact, I even saw, um, I didn't see it, but I saw like the thumbnail for you guys like on like an a British International Award Film Festival show. Yeah. And what was up with that? I, um, I, yeah. Yeah. So that was, uh, we had a sort of podcast. It was over Zoom though um, with the founder of British Web Awards. His name mm. is Chris. Okay. Um, yeah. So he's over in uh, England. Um, so yeah, we got up one morning and then we just had a talk because um, yeah, our series went through the British Web Awards. Um, okay. We got nine nominations and three awards. Um, so, yeah, he just wanted to interview us on the process of creating and all of that. Yeah, you got every time I see you guys re release a project, it's always, like, riddled with, like, the four banners of s some festival, some award. How is it just as, like, how do you even uh, get nominated for all those things? Is it a matter of submitting your projects to all those kind of uh, different award shows and festivals? Or do you have them also knocking at your door and saying, hey, guys, we've been seeing what you're doing and uh congratulations we want you to be nominated or whatever um well it's, it's a bit of both because what happens in the industry of making films is when you submit it there's a website and there's different festivals but at the same time they might find you on social media and they might be like hey i looked at your trailer it looks very interesting we would mm. like you to submit to our festival uh, so it works okay, both ways like both that ways, yeah they see you until you submit and all that uh, but how do you feel being on a face-to-face? -face? Because obviously you've done a lot of the webinars and, oh, sorry, the web um, podcasts. But I feel like it's a very different feel. Like being in <coughs> studio yep. is, a, I feel like, a completely different feel from like just seeing someone from across the screen on Zoom. Um, well, I think for me, and I can probably speak for you, but we feel pretty natural. I mean, for five 
six years now, we've had cameras in our on our faces when we do acting, and we've done everything from laughing to mm. being angry from full on tears so there's nothing that we haven't shown on camera so this is like <laughs> yeah it's pretty yeah. S- pretty easy but yeah. also of course you make it easy as well because oh, you're very man. comfortable stop. to talk with <laughs> stop stop um you guys like you say you've obviously been in the industry for quite a while now how long have you been doing um like film and short films and all these things for now um, so I sort of knew I wanted to do acting during high school. Mm. Um, so after high school, I just went straight to acting college. So literally from high school graduation till now, I've been doing it. So nonstop. Like, yeah, it feels pretty nonstop. Maybe like five years, six years or something. Yeah, that's enough to get your get your feet <laughs> wet. Really, kind of yeah, yeah. dive into it quite seriously. Yeah. What about yourself, Marshall? Well, I was originally a college student, university student, and um, I was doing a university course and halfway I dropped out. So I'm a college dropout because I just wanted to do something that was meaningful and I didn't want to spend the rest of my days doing something oh I didn't my, like. You're the typical millennial. This is anyone I, who's uh, not a millennial is like, oh, your generation. Always doing what matters to you, <laughs> nothing that matters to the community. But you see, I think it was probably the best decision of my mm. life because I've never looked back. And the thing that I decided to do, which was acting, I'm still doing it today. Mm. So, well, what was the course you were doing beforehand before you realized that it was trash and you went to come live a real life? It was um, liberal arts and science. What's even in that? Okay, so the thing it sounds smart on so when, yeah, I, when I hear it, it sounds so arts and science. The thing with liberal arts and science, it's like the lowest point thing that you can get, and I just made it to get that course. Wait, as in, like, as so, in you, you, it's like the lowest ATAR entry point. Is that what yes, you mean? it's the lowest ATAR entry point, and I just got it exactly on the thing. Oh, wow. And it was like it was what I could get, and my parents were like come on, you got to go to university. And I I went in and they were really happy. But the thing that involved was like, um, it's saying liberal arts and science, but arts is like history, languages, you know, and science. It's a concoction of different. It's like, basically, um, it's like high school, but for university. No way. Because I did geography. I did Chinese (laughs) studies. I did Greek mythology, all these things. I don't know, part of that kind of sounds cool though because it's almost like you learn a bit of everything and maybe you're a jack of all trades and master of none. But I don't know, the more I live life, the more I'm like, man, I got to learn more about this because if I know about this, it can help me out here and everything like influences everything. Yeah. So I don't know, it's like, it's a it's a curse and a gift in a way. I feel like that, that kind of course or I agree. Degree. I think like as I'm getting older now, I think learning different things is like so important. It's just going out of your boundaries and just trying out new things. But then at the same time, I'm really grateful because it brought me to acting. Yeah. And I wouldn't have discovered it if I didn't drop out. So what does that look like now for you guys? Because obviously in the film industry, and if you're going to be acting and you pu- pull upon your experiences for your acting performances, or obviously you pull upon it for your writing or for your directing, what kind of things now do you usually gravitate towards? Are you like, you know what? I want to try to take on that experience, that new experience, because you feel it can actually help out in your film world? Well, I think just like, um, I think it, all these experiences really build your career as an actor or as a writer, director, because, you know, you go to, you go to college, you can study acting, you can study filmmaking, but Mm. 
you don't really get the depth that can really accelerate your roles or your career unless you're going out and getting life experience as such. And like, you know, especially if you got a role where you're playing a psychologist or a doctor or, or anything, you know, it's better to really understand, really go into the world, maybe do a bit of studying of what they did. Yeah. Because that you get an authentic experience to what that person is. Is that what like method acting is when you like you really go and live out that part and before you know it you're like actually a, a like a homeless for a year trying to get ready to play a homeless character? Yeah, well, funny stories. Um, I know we'll talk about it later. Oh, you, you've done that, haven't you? My, <laughs> film, my film that's coming out, Starving Artist, it's about an actor who's living in his car, but he's also trying to make it as an actor. Tell me you've and been living in your car. For a week and a half, I lived in my car. I packed all my stuff in a suitcase, and I was like, no matter what, I cannot go home. So everything I did, I went to get all my food, I went to the dry cleaners, showering, everything just to get that experience because I, I think it's really needed because mm. when you read something, it's like, it's different from when you actually take action and you experience it yourself. I so love that. And sorry for cutting you off. That sounds so amazing. But you know what? I want even more. A week and a half. I want you to be in I your car for a month, for two months, three months even. See, just like, I legit was living out of my car for three would, months. I think it would be great for a month, but this, see, the thing is with us, because we're also directors and producers, when we make a project, we're in charge of so many things. And it's just like, you can just do whatever you want. There's yeah. so many people who come to you. Hey, yeah. can you go on your computer? Can you look at this? Can you do this really quickly? And mm. you just have to like... Yeah, I think if this was like, um, the Starving Artist was a feature film and we just you just had all your time to just be in that character, then you probably would do it for longer because you've yeah. had the time and but you're the bosses as well. You also <laughs> so when you're the boss, you have to go back to the to the palace yeah, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> jump on emails. <laughs> yeah, you can't just be like, Oh man, let me just go. Yeah, especially running a company. You can't just like let that go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute method acting is yeah. like someone who loses their company, so you purposely oh sabotage your company. Oh. But yeah, but that's Oscar worthy in my, in oh, my yeah. eyes. Oh, yeah. I think every role that I do, I always have a little bit of method into it. But mm-hmm. like um, going back to your question about um, just living life and stuff, for me, when I first started out till how I am now as an actor, Yeah, one of the biggest reasons why I've become the way I am and I've learned so much wasn't actually from learning acting at all. It was just maturing as a person. Yeah, I get that. And because I matured as a person, because I went through so many things and I've experienced so much, as an actor, I was even when you look at the first clip till now, you can see the first clip is just immature young guy. Now is like mature, understands yeah. how it works and... You learn from life. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, uh, I, I'm not, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Tony Robbins. Yeah. But he's like the, the the godfather or like the main poster child for life coaching. And I know yep. one of the things he says is like, success is 80% psychology, mm. 20% technical skills. And I feel like that's, that's so true. Just like whatever skill you're trying to learn in the world. Yeah. Yeah, you need to learn that technical skill, but really like your mindset and how you view it and your perspective on that really shapes a lot more than just mm. uh, now I know how to, you know, yep. whatever, play this yeah. part um, in regards to like the technical skill side of it. Uh, what about you, what about you, Sangeeta? What's the, what's been like a, 
method acting scenario <laughs> you jumped into? Well, the thing with me, uh, contrasting to Marshall, I try to stay away from method acting. I There's so many stories, you know, of famous actors out there who've really gone too far into the method thing and it's really... It's, I feel like it's very dangerous because if you go too far into something and they would have done something like stay in their car for three months. <laughs> but like it can really, if you don't know how to control that and go about that, it can start to affect your own life. Yeah. And so that's why I'm a little bit like, mm, not. I don't want to go too far into it. Obviously, I want to know how my character lives and how they speak and how they think. But I'm very like, if I'm on set, I there's actors who will actually be the character the entire time. Oh, yeah, I will not do that. <laughs> that's that's proper method for you too. Oh, I thought you meant as in you get people to play the character that you're playing, so that you can just keep seeing it. I don't, I don't know why my mind just thought of it when you said it like that. I thought you meant as in you're you're actually hiring people to play your character, so you can just keep seeing the character no, without no. having to be no, it yourself. No, it's like being totally being the character, like. Um, Daniel Day-Lewis, I don't know if you've heard of. I he's heard of him, but I really don't know who he... I yeah, keep hearing about him. Like he's he's like, notorious yeah. for that. He's an Oscar winner, three-time Oscar three winner. Time. He's an amazing actor, um, but he's known for, like, you know, going on a set and just he is the character the entire time. Even yeah. when they say cut, even when they're on the lunch break, yeah. he does not sl- snap out he of that character. But the thing with Daniel Day-Lewis is he only does two roles max yeah. a year because after oh, okay. afterwards... He gets so because the mentality of mm. being in one character it drags on even after you finish the film. Mm. Yeah. So it's very it's a lot to take in mentally. So he had to play, for example, Abraham Lincoln, which he mm. won an Oscar for. Yeah. And then he said even like the thoughts and stuff afterwards is still carried on to him. Yeah, I can imagine that happening. Yeah. That's interesting. I'll mem- like I don't know. <coughs> I know there's many different different types of experts in, in their field, and some people like research their field. From like beginning to present, mm. and some some people are just gifted. They go in there, they do it, but maybe they don't, they don't know all about the history. Yeah. Um. The reason I bring that up is because, for whatever reason, I'm I'm enjoying more learning about actors and their methods. Mm. And I think I remember Matthew McConaughey saying that when he was doing True Detective season one, apparently he was like not snapping out of the character. It was like pissing off mm. Woody Harrelson, who's like. Like, their friendship is being impacted. Yeah. Similar to, like, what you're saying, you don't want that to happen. Mm. But here's the question. How, mo- how badly do you want it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I've obviously, because I've been doing this for a while, I have different... I try different tactics all the time when it comes to a character. Obviously, I want to be as authentic as I can without sacrificing my own mental health. Yeah, I get um, that. So... Priorities. Yeah. Priorities. Yeah, you don't need I to die on the... I think it works differently for different people because some people, they can do method and they'll be great at it. But some people, they don't need to do method and they could be equally as great at it. Yeah. Oh, so interesting, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like you said, Um, some people, they just gifted in a certain aspect of acting and some, they really need to get into it to understand it. Yeah. It's yeah. all different. I think everyone has yeah. their own method and yeah. when people say, oh... I'm like this type of actor. I'm a Stanislavski actor. I'm a method actor. There's no such thing. You're just who you are as a person and what you learn. Mm. That's your own technique. Yeah, because yeah, every technique works differently for each person. And it, there's not going to be a technique that works for every It's a little person. bit... Yeah, sorry. Um, It's a little bit like, I don't know, Um, you know, like martial arts and karate? Yeah. How like um you get different belts, right? Yeah. So if, for example, you go after black belt, but does that mean you stop your training? 
It's like, mm. you don't because you know what I mean? After Black Belt, it's like after your tutorial and now you can just go find your own style and stuff. Yeah, interesting. No, I love the way you put it. You're right. Um, I was watching uh, The Young Rock on HBO recently. Yes. And uh, I don't know if you guys have seen that show. No, I, wanted, I didn't even know it was out. Yeah. Honestly, it's basically The Rock doing propaganda of him being president one day. It, <laughs> like, I'm not even lying. Like, you, you go yeah. watch the show and The Rock's running for president in like 2034 or something. Yeah. Or 30, 2032. Yeah. And it's just him telling you about his childhood. Oh, I see. I see. That's how. And then while in the president, he's running for president. And I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, because obviously in like the next eight years, you probably want to be running for president. So yeah. it's almost like you're doing some <laughs> oh, like yeah. cool, funny <laughs> propaganda now for setting it up. Um, but I'll push that to the side. The but do, you, do you remember when Kanye was ran for president? I still think he's going for round two, three. <laughs> it's not over. It ain't over for Kanye. He coming right back because oh. he's what well, he's like the richest black man in America and everything. Like a part, of, a part of me is almost like who who can stop this guy? Like yeah. if he puts his mind to it. Yeah, you <laughs> never know. If he Maybe puts he his thought, mind to it. He thought he could trumpet or something. Yeah, I mean. If you've got the money, if you have the the, the connections. Well, in, wh- in what what world will it work less than today? As Like what mm. I mean by that is like, if there's any world where it's going to work, <laughs> it's going to be this world. Because be, things yeah. are just, it's mm. madness right now. But um, in the in the Young Rock, there was, he was about to fight like a black belt person. Yeah. And his friend says, hey, stop. You don't want to fight him. He's a black belt. Yeah. And then he makes a comment that to me, I was like, oh, it's kind of like what you said. He goes, they don't make belts anymore for how good that guy is. Yeah, yeah. He's transcended that last mm. black belt. He's just on a whole nother level. And they're not even monitoring how mm. good he is anymore. And I think mm. it's interesting. Like, you yeah. never stop learning. You never stop growing. You have to yeah. just keep, even mm. once you hear black belt, yeah. you go find something new. I think it's like anything in life, whatever anyone wants to do that they're passionate about you never you like i always like to say for mm. my acting i'm like forever a student of acting 100 percent, yeah it's like if you do something well then you're forever a student of it you're always trying to learn you're never just like i'm satisfied i'm yeah. at a, this level so i'm satisfied now i'm going to stop learning mm. do you know what i mean 100 percent, 100 percent. um while i was getting ready for us to, to do this this episode you know, I was trying to learn more about the film industry. And what I realized is mm. there's a, a lot of prep and strategy that goes into filming and not just the production, but even like as a business, making it profitable, right? Like the international market, your domestic market, um, different marketing strategies, whether it's even action figures for these mega, you know, film blockbusters and whatnot. And all the ways they're trying to figure out how to make the product of film profitable yes. and it made me want to ask you guys because i know not you guys aren't just you know actors but you are directors and you also and you have your own film uh, pr- production company as well yeah. um i would say we're like business people as well oh yeah yeah, yeah definitely yeah. because we do have that little sense now mm. so do you, i want to ask you guys do do you have the do you almost are you guys so planned and prepped that you have like a, a vision of every step you're trying to take to get to where you want to be or is it almost like uh you're taking it as it comes and you're seeing where this thing goes or is everything already pre-planned and you are you like 20 steps ahead in regards to what you're trying to do in the next five ten years um i feel like that's kind of changed over even just the last year Mm. i mean 
I'm personally, I always do a lot of research into all of this stuff. And like you said before, we're constantly learning. Yeah. And um, I think just our main goal is just to keep taking the next step, like keep taking one step higher towards yeah. what we want. I mean, I don't think we can preempt exactly where we're going to go or exactly how we're going to get there. Because even though we may plan some things, it doesn't always turn out the way you, you plan it. Mm. So I think just so long as we can keep progressing, I think that's what we hope for. Well, I do think there is an aspect that we do plan quite a bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's kind of like you see the thing with this industry. It's just it's riddled with rejection most of the time. So mm. you never know how something's going to go. You might make something really great, but it doesn't go anywhere. The second you make something that's like you didn't think was that great, it blows up. It blows up. Mm. So we plan enough that we know exactly where we're going, but it doesn't mean the plan's always going to go that way. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like you got to prepare for anything. Yeah, so break down um, NOAA. So it stands for New Order Art House? Yes. Yeah. All right, I got it. And yeah, because I don't know if it's if it's common to have, you know, that many like do you cl do you classify yourself as like an indie uh production company or how do you view noah so i yeah we call it you know uh production film production company um but really it's just marshall and i behind the entire thing um, <laughs> and i think a lot of people and jasmine, sorry, and, yeah, and, jasmine. jasmine. and i think a lot shout of people yeah shout out jasmine <laughs> pilatus <laughs> yeah i think a lot of people don't realize that when they come to our instagram page because it looks very like big and yeah but really no <laughs> but you see i think that's how all like companies started like yeah yeah, yeah google yeah that all in a like a backyard and a shed mm. yeah do you know mm. what i mean like mm. it's but it's not like where you are it's like your thoughts and your mentality you know what i mean it's yeah it'll yeah. always be the same wherever you go if you have that yeah you want to be ambitious ambition, in whatever yes. it is you're doing um is there a blueprint for others who have started like you who then grew it to become like some institutional yeah um production company yeah definitely um just I guess anyone in Hollywood who's a filmmaker or a director, they obviously started, you know, um, Quentin Tarantino. He worked in a video store. You know what I mean? Like, um, who was the other example? Um, there was a guy and he directed a short film. And I can't remember, but then he went on to um, direct a bigger film. And then some people saw him and then he directed um, Shazam. And now mm -hmm. he's directing yeah. bigger films. So it's yeah. like he worked his way up. So it's entirely possible it's not easy, but it's entirely possible. How competitive is it out there in today's landscape? Because I don't know, like I'm just speaking for like even the coaching industry is becoming like quite saturated. Yes. Maybe yeah. it's just my own feed because I know a lot of coaches. So it's almost like that's the only the person I'm seeing. But from the outside, I, I assume now that's a saturated industry. What is it like for film? Like, is it something that's heavily competitive yeah um absolutely i think um obviously acting's always been competitive film i think it's it's becoming more competitive these days because everybody is being told that you should be able to make your own work um and to keep active and to get out there but at the same time i think um i think the acting industry is a lot more competitive than the film industry i think the film industry if you have your own niche and you have your own ideas you can sort of get it out there a little bit more. But I mm. think the main uh, issue is that it's not just about the content you're making. It's a lot about connections. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and networking. Yeah. Yeah. My blood's boiling just thinking about that. Like, I feel like the person I've become now, uh, from since from starting business to now is like much more calculating in mm. a way that sometimes I'm like almost thinking, am I the same person I used to be? Yeah. Cause you realize, um, you know, obviously anything can happen. You might just have that lucky break and someone sees you. Mm. But like you said, there's so much networking and politics involved. Yeah. How do you guys feel like having to play that game? Like, is it, do you, do you see yourselves changing from the start of your journey or do you feel like you're the same person through and through? No, we definitely have changed. Um, I think for me, it's quite hard because I'm very creative as a person. I'm not business minded just you know naturally i think that's my brother he's just naturally he's got that business mind but for me i just want to create and just leave it to everyone else so it's it's been a journey learning it but then you it's like anything you pick it up along the way Mm. yeah um i think for me i think um i i am a little bit more business minded i think just growing up in the family that i have because my father was very into all of that and sort of passed it along to us even my mom they've mm. been very good at that so like for me like honestly i am constantly researching this industry and how we can like go about how we can pitch how we can reach people and i think my approach definitely has changed um because like you know we put out work now we've made films and series mm. and like it's been great but like just in order to progress to the next level it's like okay what do we do you know because we want to keep constantly growing. We don't want to stay in the same yeah. position. Yeah. Yeah. So our approach, I think even just the past few weeks, I have been thinking about and how we can really, really in in kind of like what you said, being a bit more calculating even, um, a bit more business minded about how we can really push this and get to that next level. Yeah. I think um, for me, when I think about... Um, you know, the economy of business, I, I try to like see two main parties. One is like those who are selling or, you know, those who are creating products, services, content, and then the consumers, right? Those who are receiving. And I feel like it's a two-way street. Yeah. If you have all these people making content, but there's no one to consume it, then really you're just making content to give to no one. Um, on the other hand, if you have all these consumers who are demanding, hey, we want this stuff, but there's no one to supply, then it's the same thing. It's like no one's being met. Um, how do you find like the Australian um, market now for film? Because I'm saying this as an ignorant dude who doesn't really know about film in Australia and doesn't really know about film at all, rather than just being like a casual like geek at times. Um, it, it seems like, I don't know, it seems like the Australian market is underwhel- underwhelming. Not not because, like, content creators aren't doing their thing, but almost because, like, consumers aren't properly giving the attention to help fund and develop the Australian film market. But what are you guys seeing on your end? Well, I think that the Australian film industry as a whole, um, it has a lot of growing to do because it's been, I feel like it's been stuck in a certain way for so long. And you are seeing it nowadays that it is growing. It's becoming more diverse. Okay. Um, and I think that's what people want because the reason why we started Noah, you know, it's called New Order Art House and the New Order part stands for, it's like diversity. Mm. And the art house part is the film productions part. And people are demanding more diverse films. They want more people to look like themselves. Mm. 
mm. in movies. When you walk on the street, you see a whole bunch of different cultures. It's like a Sydney, especially. It's like a melting pot. Yeah, it's so crazy. That's where we specialize in. We really just want to make films that like show a real interpretation of what Sydney and what the world can be. Well, what's funny to me, I remember watching like shows like Neighbors when I was younger, which I haven't watched it in like years. So maybe it's changed. But I was thinking to myself, I'm like, I've, I don't think I've ever seen like a black person on this show before. Yeah, like, exactly. Is What is this show really? Well, yeah. that's our second part is to encourage young actors to mm. want to, and young filmmakers to want to do stuff like we do. Because if you do watch a show like Neighbours or Home and Way example, if you're an ethnic actor who's not Caucasian, you think there's no way that I'll ever be in this show. Mm. And this is like the prime of Australian television. So what can I do? And what we want to do is we want to help these people and be like, there is a way. You just have to create your own stuff. Yeah. Are the consumers really giving that proper support though? Is it? Do you feel like there's that tension there? Because you may come with best intentions, but mm -hmm. if no one's also seeing and, you know, reciprocating that effort, I feel like it can also be discouraging. Like the reason I bring it up is because sometimes I think to myself, if I have a choice between say watching maybe an indie Australian film yes. versus let me just go watch the next Marvel yeah, yeah. film. The Marvel film may be yeah. trash, but like, oh, I know it's Marvel going to show me some explosions and I guess that's going to be cool. Yeah. And it's almost like when you choose who to throw your money at, are, are you, do you feel like you're getting given a fair go that this Australian scene can develop to a point where it'll be as good as this if people were to invest in it. Yeah, so I feel like it's changing here because a lot of American productions have moved over here mm. um, since the pandemic. But I think they're starting to realise that we have a lot of resources here and we do have a lot of, like, talent here. Mm. And so what's great about them filming here is that they're starting to involve that talent, mm. which is their, you know, I think they're starting to get Australian crew, Australian actors, which yeah. is really great. Um, and we're starting to... I, there was a few shows that are starting to come out recently. Yeah. Um, there's one called Eden and it's on Stan. It's going to be out soon. Um, but that's Australian. And just the way that that production has been filmed, it's given me some hope because mm. it just, it looks more marketable. It looks more like what everyone's watching on Netflix and yeah, things like that. I see, I so see. that change is definitely happening, Okay, which is good. Definitely. Yeah. Um, you guys, I feel like you guys, or maybe I'm not going to assume both of you, um, but I think, Sangeeta, you attach yourself more to your acting ability than the directing ability. Am I wrong in saying that? <laughs> um, well, like, I mean, acting is, like, my main passion. It's why I came yeah. into this industry. But I do think writing is one of my other strengths and one of my other loves, I mm. guess. Um, You've had to choose one. Are we going to oh. direct? Are you going to act? Are you going to write? Which one will you do? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Three, two, one. No, I'm playing. Uh, I, I would say acting, but That's writing, so writing I mainly told you to choose so a child, and you chose close. one without hesitating. Writing is <laughs> so choose. close, though, because, like, although I love to act, like, for me, when I'm choosing a role, I really want a role that I can connect to and I really like and a story that I like. Yeah. And... Sometimes, you know, when I'm auditioning, there's a character and they're just, it's just not what I want to do. And that's where the writing, I think, really comes into play and why it's so important. So what, do you be, what are you looking for now? Like, because 
I always like to get kind of specific, like just to get into the minds of someone. Well, like, <laughs> what is your moose? Wait, not moose. What's that? Muse. What's muse. the thing? Muse. Yeah. Muse. What's your muse? What's the thing that inspires you? What's that role you're like, oh, I can't wait to play that role. If I got that role, then <laughs> this is it. Like, I'm about to crush it. This is the role I've, I was born to play. Well, I, like, I can't think of something specific, but I think just something that really challenges me as an actor. And um, I think that in going back to the Australian industry and how it's sort of been as an actor of an ethnic background is that I think what Marshall was saying and that they're a little bit behind still is that when you're an ethnic actor, like if you get the opportunity to be in a show, especially if it's Australia, yeah. it's often a character that <laughs> is just not <laughs> uh, in depth enough uh, like it's, it's not the leading one role dimensional. yeah it's not the leading role it's like something that's maybe a bit stereotypical they taxi often, driver yeah they uh, um, convenience store they owner. often want to <laughs> yeah they often want to involve your ethnic background and i think it's great to shine a light on diversity and people's different backgrounds but i think as an actor sometimes you just want to play a role that's just a person you know they're going through something it doesn't have their background doesn't have to define it yeah and i think that's what i mean in terms of i guess my dream role is something that is, is like that yeah yeah mm. what about you do you have your own dream role surprisingly starving artist i do yeah <laughs> all the dream roles that i had i made Oh, okay. (laughs) Everything that I was like, man, I wish I could do something in that level of depth and like personally connect to it. Because all the films that I make, I personally connect to because I add a lot of my own story to it. So those roles to me, they've been dream roles for me to get. Even what's a booty when I played the pirate? I'm like, I always (laughs) wanted to play a pirate. And I was like, I did it. Yeah, no, that's what I loved about when I actually attended. your, your red carpet event for Social Murderer, um, which I'm going to allow you guys to plug all your movies as well so people can go check it out. Um, yeah, oh, it had the, the shout booty, out, the pirate. So shout out to Josh for coming to Social Murderer. Um, for those listening, I remember he came with a very hot date. What? He came with a very hot date. So shout out to Josh and his hot date. I haven't had a response to that because I almost feel like you're calling me <laughs> something else right now what no i came with alex no you didn't no 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 yes, look did. no yeah you know, i did no that's alex what came saying. by himself no he came with alex i'm pretty sure we dr- no stop it look, now i'm look. thinking how i even got no, there he came with a hot date okay that's <laughs> i feel like okay you just look, this is propaganda he, now he came now you, <laughs> this is slander he came with a, he came with a hot female date Okay, all right. I came with a hot female date. In fact, you know, I, yeah, I remember now. You're right. Yeah, no, she was very hot, very, very much a date. Very nice. Hundred percent. Anyways, as you, <laughs> as she you was very saying. hot, very much a date, and I very much came with her. Um, I, while I was going, while I was going through your guys' things, some things really jumped out at me. <clears throat> One, first off, I read your your poem, oh, okay. um, which I think was actually phenomenal. Thank you. I am happy. No, is was that the uh, oh the gray, gray one girl gray. gray yeah girl gray gray girl like um because you you dropped a few bars in there mm-hmm. um and also just your newsfeed actually like there's some um snippet videos I've been watching there I think I want to bring up but with the uh, 
forgive me if I'm getting the line wrong, but you're talking about painting your canvas mm. and you're saying that you wanted to, let me see if I can find it right here. Uh, you wanted to paint gray, but they couldn't understand it. Yeah. And he's saying that you're in a black and white world. Just yeah. give some context for everyone. It's like, what is he talking about right now? <laughs> you're saying you're in a black and white world. You wanted to paint your, paint your canvas gray, yeah. but they couldn't understand it. And I was like, oh, that's genius. <laughs> like, a, like a rapper, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I'm trying to think of a female, what's a female version of a, of a rapper? It's still a rapper, I'm guessing. What, Cardi B. Yeah, I guess it's a rapper. It's uh, rapper. Like a rapist? Like no, because I know for an MC. <laughs> no, for MCs, they call them... Um, oh, really? Uh, oh, Femc. Oh, they call yeah. a female MCs Femc. so I <laughs> thought maybe it had another one for a uh, rapper. But it doesn't even matter now. Um, yeah, no, I wanted to... Yeah, kind of to take us through a bit of that because... Um, that you being obviously white and also Indian ethnicity, mm. um, but wanted to choose both. I was kind of curious about that story and how you view that yeah. concoction. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that that poem, well, first of all, like I wrote that for a competition um, that we just had to write a poem based on colour. It could be anything, but... Based on colour? Yeah, based on colour. Um, and then... The first thought that popped into my head was this idea of colour and being mixed race in this world. Mm. Um, so, yeah, like, uh, my journey, like, my journey recognising my identity growing up has been quite quite a, a long journey. Um, and it's just been me trying to understand who I am as a mixed race person because obviously I'm coming from two different cultures, two different yeah. backgrounds. And... I've just felt, and it's been difficult, especially in the film industry, being this way, is that they try to, people often tell you to choose a side yeah. and, and they'll often like look at you right. And if you look more white, they'll be like, okay, pick that side. <laughs> but if you look more ethnic, you say, oh, actually pick Come the other join side. Us. Right? <laughs> and, and it's just, I just find it now I'm really happy with who I am as a mixed race person and I love both my parents equally. I love what mm. they've given me. I love both sides of the family. And for me, I'm like, what is this choosing a side? Why do I have to choose a side? Why can't I be exactly what I am, yeah. which is 50% of both? Because, you know, if I was to choose a side, you know, I just feel like, well, what about my other parent? You know, yeah. <laughs> they're important to me too. <laughs> and I just, I feel like, especially in the film industry as a mixed race person they haven't lately it's started to change but often it's been this thing where you have to choose what you look the most like uh, and they will chuck you in that that's your that typecast yeah or you just don't have a category and i think the the thing that's been even worse about it is that if they wanted for example um a chinese person or an east asian person they will choose someone who's half white Mm, which is like okay. it's it's this double-edged sword of like you know you might get picked more because you've got a bit more whiteness to you yeah but at the same time what do you do because if you say no you don't have another route because you're mixed you know what i mean yeah. they don't have a bracket do that. you do you feel like you know do you know any of these i guess decision makers all these gatekeepers have you been able to kind of get into rooms with them and discuss their mentality and what it is that makes them tick in these ways? Or do you feel like there's a divide and there's like no communication between those those two parties of like 
entertainer like and boss or whatever CEO in that position. I feel like it's it's hard, especially when the decision makers aren't mixed themselves, like mm. mixed race themselves, or even just aren't ethnically diverse. Yeah, it's just hard to understand, and they will maybe just want to pick what's more appealing to them. Because that's the thing that I feel like people like it's rare. Okay, because how do I even break this down in a way that's not like blunt or just insensitive? Just say um, it. <laughs> you can say it. No, because like I, I, I see videos and audio all the time of, you know, creators and artists talking about lack of diversity. But I rarely see that CEO come out and be like, hey, guys, mm. yeah, there is, no, there is no diversity and this is why. Like someone who's just yeah. saying saying how it is, and probably because like the boy gets destroyed online. But um, in my mind, I feel like a part of me wants to see like some like big wigs come out and be like, hey, guys, the reason why, you know, we always just go for this particular person. It always need to be a mixed race in this is because ultimately you guys always choose this. This is what you guys buy. If we put this person here, we see sales or whatever drop this much. And we're just trying to sell you what we know will make the biggest profit, whether think, it's morally right or ethically right. We're trying to make profit in the end. I think, um, unfortunately, you know, at the end, of the end of the day, Hollywood and all these other big industries, it is a money business. And money means what sells the most. And they've known, so Hollywood since the beginning of it has been a very, you know, specific type of casting. Predominantly, you know, the actors are like, you know, of a certain race and that's what draws the money, right? Mm. So you always want to go with what draws the money and that's what they think. So if you have someone, even if they are of a different ethnic background, they still want to add that whiteness to it because then at least they can like say, well, they at least have some features that yeah. you can mm. be familiar with. Yeah, familiarity. They'll bring you into the cinemas. Why do you think mm. for so many films, they always get famous actors, even though they're not the greatest for that role, but yeah. they still get them because it draws in money. It's At the end of the day, it's a money-making business. That's so true. That's so true. You guys might hate this because I know you guys are true to the art, but I saw um, the trailer for Eternals come out like a couple of days ago. Which I don't know if you guys are even Marvel fans, because I yeah, <laughs> yeah, I saw it. I, I can feel Marshall's like, yeah, but no, really, but yeah, but yeah. Um, and it's like four to five like ma- faces that you already know, and maybe mm-hmm. a few that like I've never heard of before. And I thought to myself, okay, yeah, if you're introducing a new series that people aren't really familiar with, I wasn't familiar with the Eternals. Yeah, it's just to make people like pay attention, mm-hmm. yeah, you're gonna get Angelina Jolie, of course, you're gonna go get mm-hmm. Salma Hayek, and you know. Some- Sometimes it works, but then sometimes, like, you can't just get, like, Tom Holland for every single role. <laughs> you can't get him for Uncharted. Oh, they'll try their best. <laughs> they'll try their best. They'll try. But, you know, the, the, the dilemma with that is if you always get those actors, then you'll never get new talent. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. You'll never new original talent. find new yeah. original no, talent, which that. sometimes you need. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I see, to me, like, sometimes, like, all the time. I'm always yeah. like to see new distinct Do you want to see characters? Do you want to see Michael B. Jordan represent every single African American character for the rest of your entire life in film history? Every single character is Michael <laughs> B. Jordan. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's like three new black generation actors. It's like Michael B. Jordan, yeah. Daniel Kaluuya, yeah. who uh, from Get Out. Kaluuya, yeah. And like uh is it like Keith Stanfield? Yeah. Keith, yeah. yeah. 
And maybe uh, that dude who played the black dude from Star Wars. Like, those are the only yeah, guys yeah, I'm yeah, seeing yeah. now. Then it's just like, that's yeah. the new rotation. That's it. Get used to them. <laughs> that's it. So it's, I think after some time, it gets a bit like, oh, okay. Like, now they're doing this role. So. See, but that's the thing, right? Where this is like, now I feel like we're talking business. Let's count, jump, jump into business. I feel like a part of me doesn't even believe yep. or feels like it's going to take too long for that kind of institution to change. Because you've been doing this way for so long mm. that it's like, like even the Me Too movement yeah. happening, yeah. I'm actually still surprised that that happened. Because I'm like, clearly you guys have been doing this forever. Mm. What happened now that made you guys now say, okay, we have morals? You know, yeah. like, but when, if you're not accepted at the table, as they would call it, yep. do you need to build a new table that is built on the right foundations. And I feel like that's what you guys are almost doing with Noah. Mm. Um, at least I'm, that's how I, I perceive it. But I don't know, are you guys, are you big on, you know, breaking the wheel and do it yourself? Or do you feel like you need to keep fighting and changing the system that's been made into something better? Uh, I both. think, yeah, on, I think both. Like, obviously we created Noah because the company, um, because of a lot of those issues. And, um, yeah, we created it, yeah, because we wanted to make our own opportunities. We didn't want to wait around and hope that something's going to change. We just wanted yeah. to take action. But at the same time, I think, because, you know, it's such a big industry, so many people, so many kids are watching it. And mm. as important as it is to build your own work and your own foundations to change, I think it's still so important to get into what's already there what's and already change there. that because that's still got such a huge influence. Mm. So many people looking up to it and yeah. Like if you could just build your own stuff and also be in trying to change the other stuff, I think that'll be the ultimate goal. Best of both worlds because, kind of thing. Or, you know, yeah. it's like in life, like you don't want to be exclusive. Like, you know what I mean? Exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you don't want to be like, like, sorry for swearing, but you don't want to be like, fuck these guys, we're just going to do our own thing. Do you know what I mean? I'll say it again. Fuck these guys. (laughs) You don't want to say that. But you kind of just want to be like, hey guys, like, you know, we can change. We can make this better. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. When I I hear that, I think like Martin Luther King, like trying to, you know, fight for- Sorry, um, Lakshmi just said um, Perry- Tyler? Tyler Perry. Oh, Tyler, Tyler Perry. Perry, Perry yeah. Tyler. Yeah. I swear you're doing it on purpose. <laughs> Perry, Tyler. But yeah, yeah no, Tyler Perry is a yeah. great example. Mm. I love how Lakshmi, Lakshmi, honestly, Lakshmi, you're part of the podcast now. That's it. I don't care. She's part of the podcast now. Is, is Lakshmi. Oh, I thought she was about to speak. Oh, she, she works. She will Hello, so, everyone. So this is, um, this is Lakshmi. No, but yeah, Lakshmi, actually talk about Tyler Perry. She's here like, to talk about, um, I was just painting a bag <laughs> and I was listening yes. to this really awesome podcast while I was making a bag. Yes. <laughs> no, because we'll, we'll dive into like, uh, I guess, trying to change the, the currently established system versus creating your own thing. And Tyler Perry is a great example yeah. of someone who actually was able to create his own movement. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I love what you said before about sometimes, you know, you just got to follow what you feel in your heart and do the thing yourself and the right people will come to you and you get to build this like life-changing empire mm. that ends up helping you know thousands and thousands of people and i love his story so much i've been listening to it like on repeat the past yeah. week and it's just so inspiring like 
you know, where he came from and having to do these shows for like seven years in a row yeah. before he finally made the breakthrough. And one thing I've definitely learned is that people who have the sort of like biggest purpose that's going to impact thousands of people will often go through the hardest trials and they might come from really, really obscure beginnings because those kind of things mold you and shape you like yeah. rocks rubbing together. Hundred yeah. percent. No, I, I love how you put that. I guess, like, I guess with the two takeaways, one is I think someone like Tyler Perry. I feel like you have to be super stubborn to oh, pull yeah. it off yeah. because, like you said, you you're you're starting at such a humble beginnings because mm. you're just so against the grain that if you don't go, if you don't have like that stubborn, like almost maniacal uh, tenacity, I don't know how you're gonna survive it. So congratulations, you guys are also your own version of that, <laughs> Noah. But I guess yes. you're, also, you're doing a mixture, right, of like breaking the wheel and also yeah. we've got to change the current system. Yeah, yeah. So I get what you're coming with. Absolutely. Watch this space, Noah, in Australia, going international very soon. Bye, guys. <laughs> Thank you. You guys got the um, ultimate plug. I love how she's did a PSA, public service announcement. <laughs> Thanks for that, that Lakshmi Gauda. The person behind Lakshmi B Designs, co-run by Susan Gowda, daughter of Susan Gowda, daughter yeah. of Richard Gowda. Give the whole genealogy. <laughs> daughter of, daughter of, Brother, son of. <laughs> sister of Rohan Gowda. <laughs> yeah, no, Lakshmi will be on the podcast soon enough. The only reason I haven't had her already is I've probably interv interviewed her twice and done a podcast with her. And I'm like, I think my audience has seen her three times now. <laughs> 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 so she'll, she'll come back again in the future. Um, but yeah, I think we just went through a, a lot of things just then. Where were we really? Talking about creating your own things your versus, um, like going against the grain yeah. as opposed to, you know, trying to include it or yeah. like be trying part of change what's already there. Yeah. Yes. Because you have the challenges of diversity in, yeah. in them just making your one dimensional character. Ah, mm. oh, man. It'd be so frustrating, but it is what it is, right? Like, oh, you got to keep, you got to keep going. You see, I think like, um, it's just, it's not enough to just talk about the change. You just have to go out and do it. Yeah, Otherwise, because we're, we're here and we're talking about like, do you think it will change? Do you think this will change? Do you think that will change? It's Let's like, it. you have to do it. And that's how it will change. But that's yeah. why I also feel like you have to be a leader. Mm. Like, mm. because to bring change, you need to be able to lead others to come along that change with you. I don't think anyone can change anything on their own. They need to inspire others to say, yep, yeah, that's worth changing for. Um, so I feel like, you know, as you are, you know, spearheads and trailblazers and doing what you're doing, I think it, it forces you to learn to become a better leader of men and women. Oh, yeah. Um, I, it's funny you say, I've never thought of myself as a leader. I've always just wanted to help inspire people. Mm. Like, I think if I do that job and if I can, like, you know, direct them to think in a certain way and just inspire them, then that's, you know, I've done my job. But well, that's also leadership. <laughs> yeah. so they are, they but are I don't like to think same. of it like that. Yeah. Look, I'll say this. There's, sometimes there are certain titles I don't like to take on because I feel like it adds unnecessary pressure. Uh, like right now, I'm, I'm also a youth pastor for my church, but I kind of hate putting on that title yeah. because I feel like it adds an extra element of pressure and like pe how people look at me that I'm like, let me just still be human first and foremost. Yes. So I don't know if that's what's kind of making it's me a say little bit. a bit yeah. of that. It's just like, oh, it's like, I don't know. It's like, do you like it when people call you King Josh? 
No one's ever called me King Josh, but it's or not, just, not or a just, bad name. Or just, I'll, I'll take that on. Or just King in general. <laughs> I'll take like, both oh, of yeah. those. King. Like, how are you doing, King? Yeah, I don't mind that. <laughs> you should have chosen a different one, bro. King's a dope. That's a dope prefix. <laughs> what about for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I know what Marshall's saying. Like, <laughs> like, don't let him uh, off the hook. This is keeping it now. It's just like, you know, especially when we're running this company and then when we make projects and we bring actors on board. Um, the way I always see it is like, obviously, I want to get the work done, but I want to be a friend, you know? I want to like have a conversation. But like, I feel like often when you, you're doing this and you're, you've made such a big platform people often will look at you like that. Um, and I feel like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's very difficult to, maybe not very difficult, something I'm really trying to learn, how to navigate the dynamics of being someone's friend, but also being someone's boss in a way. Mm. Because we all have like that innate need, desire to be liked. Yeah. And I feel like that desire to be liked can be so crippling to progress sometimes because when you know what needs to be said, there's that part of you that says, oh, I don't want to rock the boat. Oh, what will they say? Oh, maybe they'll be mad at me. Oh, maybe they'll call me a bitch. Yeah. And it will stop you from being honest and authentic. Um, but you go the other way around and then, you know, you're basically hated in the office. So like, how do you, how do you navigate and kind of uh, manage those two aspects of yourselves? Have you seen that, that be a uh, challenge in your own journeys coming forward? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think that has been a learning process for me during all the projects. I think at the start, um, when we first started doing like social murder, I, I'm like, I'm the kind of person I like to get along with everyone. I like to, you know, be You're a friendly. Nice person. Very nice person. <laughs> um, but I feel like it was, it was that challenge of being that way, but also being this in this leadership position where you, you need people to listen to what you're saying and to mm. understand how you want things to be done. And I think at the start I was quite like a bit lenient with that. And um, that did cause some issues um, with, Getting our work done. Um, Why were you lenient though? Were you lenient because you didn't want to rock the boat and upset people? Or were you lenient yeah. just because you weren't, uh, not to be mean, but switched on that they need to have direction, clear direction? I think it was just that I wanted everyone to kind of be happy. Like, yeah, I didn't want to rock the boat kind of thing. But if someone was like not doing something the way they needed to be doing it, I didn't want to be like, hey, like I didn't, I guess I didn't know how to communicate that back then. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been a learning process, but now I feel like I'm at a, a much better sort of stage in how to navigate those two sort of things. Yeah, no, I get you. I yeah, think I think because we are growing as a company and more people like know us through time, they start seeing us as like, you know, I think they start seeing us differently. So yeah. when they come on set, they kind of mm. understand, yeah, understand they know how it how is. It's like when you have kind of like a, that's why I think reputation is very important. You know, that's yeah. why when you hear people like um, Steven um, Spielberg or Martin Scorsese, even though you've never met the guy, if you go on set, you know not to fuck around. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, you know, mm. to like bring your A game and be on your best because you know, they do great work. Yeah. So I think it's, little bit kind of like that as well yeah yeah and then going back to that experience with social murder i think 
part of the reason that, that was difficult was because a lot of the people on set, they hadn't really seen our work yet mm. because that was our first major project. And I think after it sort of came out and the premiere uh. happened and people saw how much work we actually do put into our stuff, it's sort of <laughs> turned around. No, it's like, I just thought of it. It's like, it's Josh, if you were running a lemonade stand for the first <laughs> time and then they're like, people are like, what the hell is this, man? And then yeah. they, they come to you and like, man, boy, get me that lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> but then they finally drink it yeah. and they're like, oh, this is really good. Wow, oh. <laughs> Solid lemonade. And then they're like, they he respect the lemonade. He actually worked hard and, on and, this. And he actually worked hard and they're like, oh, Josh, lemonade master like that. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of that example. I just imagined him. Yeah. Hey, you know, lemonade. life gives you lemons, you Lemonades. make lemonade. Maybe because he's sitting on like a stand like this right now. We're both sitting at I this. I just this imagine like lemonade just. I've got the chocolate here. Got some cravings. Almond breeze milk. Yeah. Um, I agree with saying it. It's definitely a learning process, you know, especially when you're starting out from like the very bottom and you don't know anything. Yeah. No, 100%. Um, so that being said, one of the uh, video, I actually p- came across a video. Yes. On on your news feed. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> and it was, it was an actor uh, speaking to another woman, and he was talking about um, his journey and what he would have told his younger self or what he wish he learned earlier. And one of the things he brought up was, uh, he said he saw like a, a painting of a guy who jumped out trying to catch blue. Do you know what I'm talking about? This, this on was on your newsfeed. <laughs> 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 the guy said it he, sounds he, familiar. I was just trying to think the guy, the guy who was talking in the video said he yeah, saw yeah, a yeah. painting of a man who jumped off a cliff trying to catch the color blue. Yes, yes. And then he goes on, uh, Marshall. It sounds like you're hearing this for the first time, Marshall. I am. Yeah. And then he he goes on to say that he felt like that really encapsulated his life of what it means to take a leap of faith as an actor. Because mm. he was saying at the time, he was working like nine to five and then trying to do acting in the off hours. And he said he was just, he was doing terribly in his auditions because he was just, he wasn't switched on enough. So what he decided to do, and this word really hit me a lot. He goes, he just quit his day job. He says, stuff it. Yeah. I'm gonna be broke. But this is gonna give me enough time just to put proper dedication into it, and it's almost like he jumped off a cliff trying to catch yes. the color blue. So yes, sorry, I do know what you're talking about now. <laughs> yeah, um, no, this was uh, this was uh, who was it? Josh, I can't remember his last name, but Josh he Brolin? plays no, he plays Charles on The Crown season four. Josh O'Connor. Josh O'Connor. Yes, mm. um, he's incredible in The Crown. Um, but no, that was a really great um, talk to listen to. And I feel like it just really it just really helped give me motivation as yeah. well because, you know, he, he's someone who like, and I love the story that when he was in college and he was doing his final acting performance, he was given a role. It, they were doing like a Shakespeare and um, he read he read his character name. He's like, oh, I've never, never heard of that character in this play. Yeah. And he went to his lecturer and he asked about it. And they said, yes, Josh, we have taken all these sideline parts, put it together and <laughs> made a role for you. <laughs> you no have way. three lines in this whole production. Oh, wow. Yeah. And this is a guy who's gone on to play Charles in The Crown and he's won awards and he's incredible in it. Yeah. And I think just hearing another actor's story like this and how we just took that leap of faith and he kept going 
even though he was tired and like all of that, I think it just gives you the motivation as an actor. Well, what was interesting to me is in his story, his leap of faith was also financial risk. Yes. That he said, I'm going to become the starving artist mm. so I, I can become the millionaire artist. Yeah. And I wanted to know, like, has there been any uh, seasons in your life when you've had to kind of take that leap of faith where it's like, I'm legitimately jumping off a cliff right now because I'm trying to catch the color blue, which is almost is like, how do you catch the color blue in the sky? Because yeah. it's like, you know, it's the wind, really. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm doing that every day. <laughs> like, I've been doing that the past five years. I mean, because... You know, that's a long fall, (laughs) but I'm I'm climbing up. (laughs) Um, But because like for me, like I take this so seriously, I do believe this is my purpose. This is what I'm meant to do. Mm. And that comes from God. And I'm not going to say no to that. And I, so because of that, you know, when you're working as an actor, it's all this whole process and this journey of trying to get up to the stage where you can be a working actor and that can be your entire income. Mm. But when you're not at that stage yet, obviously you have to find a side hustle. You've got to work a part-time job. But it was always my goal that I will not work full-time in anything else. Until Until you. So I can do my acting and I can have the time and I can build that career because, like, you know, it's hard financially. It's really hard. Yeah. And it's mentally, it's, it's exhausting. It's mentally exhausting. And I'm sure you also understand that feeling, Marshall. During that video, he went on to say something else that was very interesting. Because he goes, apparently, when they're making that uh, painting, that there was actually people underneath the person who jumped. Mm. So that even if he fell, he was going to be caught. Yeah. And he, he basically equated people being underneath ready to catch the guy to having a support system. That even if you do jump, even if you do you know, follow your dreams that there are a support system ready to catch you, um, which to me was so amazing because not many people understand that feeling of being willing to sacrifice. Like, I'm never going to work a full-time job or you know, sleeping in your car for a week because you're trying to make sure you nail something that you do or do not know will be successful. You know, uh, But here's my question. How is the acting community... Is it a tight-knit group where you feel like you guys all understand each other and there's a strong support system, you guys all have each other's back? Or do you feel like you're kind of in this alone at times and it's like, it's almost you against the world, if that makes sense? I think it's a bit of both. I think it's a very competitive industry because everyone's fighting for one role. You get a hundred or maybe hundreds of people and there's only one vacant spot that you can get. So sometimes it does get competitive, but at the same time, I've, we've known so many people and so many of our friends that we consider, they do support us and there is a pretty supportive community. So there's two sides of the coin. You have mm. the people who just really want to just, you know, be ahead of everyone and just not care. But then you have someone who's like, well, we're in this together. We're on the same boat. Yeah. You know, if I mm. know there's a role coming and you fit it, then, you know, I'm going to tell you about it. Mm. So Very selfless. Yes. I imagine it'll be people trying to force themselves into another role. Well, yeah. the role's for a woman. I'll play that woman. Well, it's kind of like us in our projects. If we make a project and we find a role, then we think of someone. Mm. We like to ask them if they wanted to do it and give them the opportunity mm. because, you know, mm. helps us out and helps them out as well. Yeah, so you're, you're creating roles. That's even different. That's, see, that's the entrepreneur in you. Like, you're mm. creating jobs. You're not just trying to fill one. Mm. 
I think that is the essence of Noah. One of yeah. the big essences is to give everyone, not give them a chance to to do the role, but give them a chance to be, per se, in the ring. An they all have a chance, an yeah. opportunity to at least audition yeah, for it. Yeah, I see. And then your skills come afterwards, how good you are with, like, yeah. what you, your prep and stuff. Skills come up. What do you mean by that? So what I mean by that is everyone gets a chance to try out for something. Yeah. But obviously we always pick the most hardworking people and they want to learn and they want to progress. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so opportunity for all yeah, yeah, and skills is what will determine the victor. That will, yes, 100%. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think like, again, with what Marshall's saying is that something else we've learned through this whole filmmaking journey is that the best people we like, to, obviously everyone gets the opportunity, whatever background, to audition, but the best people we like to work with are the ones who they have the same passion and commitment as us. Like, even if they're not the most talented actor, if they are just as hardworking and they care about the role, those are the people we want to work with. Because mm. talent can always be worked on. You can always get better. Yeah. But having that mindset and that, that humbleness and that kindness... You know, you can't, not everyone has that kind of thing. Mm, mm. I was watching this one, I was watching this one scene, hear me out, right? Um, it was from the movie Steve Jobs, a movie, and Michael Fassbender was playing Steve Jobs. And there was a point where he got into a big argument with a programmer in Google, right? Yeah. The scene. So they're having this big argument and then... He gets really heated and then the program is like, are you going to fire me? And then Steve's like, I just fired you, <laughs> right? Yeah, I think I remember that scene. And because the reason why he fired him was because Steve was saying like, oh, we have to make this perfect. Like we have to go through all these files to make the best product. And the guy was like, but that's going to take ages to do. And then he's like, and what about this cursive writing? Why does anyone care about that? Steve is like, that's important. So he's like, he fired him. Mm. And then when the guy left, one of the other guys said, you just fired our best programmer. Our best, yeah. And then the guy's like, yeah, he was the best programmer who didn't care about our product. Yeah. Mm. See, and that's, to me, that's that, the craziest thing because I feel like 99% of people would be like, Steve, you were crazy. Nah, but if you, if you have something and no one, like someone doesn't care about it, it doesn't matter. They'll never do the best yeah. job at it. No, you're right. But that's the thing. 99% of people won't do the best job at it. Steve he realized who mm. he fired. Mm. He fired the best person. The, the be <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If, the, if Usain Bolt came to you and was like, we can't run faster than 9.59. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you fired him. Mm. And you said, Johan Blake. I don't know if you guys know who Johan Blake. He's like yeah, the second fastest yeah. guy. Oh, yeah. All right, <laughs> we're going to beat you. You'd be like, you just fired Usain Bolt. Yeah. But do you, do you know what I mean now? 99% of people would be like, you're crazy for firing Usain Bolt. 1% is what says, yeah, we can beat Usain Bolt. And that's why 1% Steve Jobs are not 99%. That's why, yeah. yeah. That's why he's the 1%. So the reason I bring this up is because Steve Jobs was in quotation marks because you can't see me on camera, an asshole. <laughs> yeah. But it's almost that what produced change yeah. I, in the world. I think you don't have to necessarily be an asshole. 
you just have to know what you want and you have to know where to go. I think some ways that he went about it weren't the greatest. Yeah, it could have been a bit more. Could have been yeah. a bit better. But he just, what was like so strong about him was his vision. He yeah. just didn't let anything or anyone tell him otherwise yeah. how to do it. But yeah, obviously there are other examples of really great leaders and they're not dickheads they're not, yeah. and they're up there. And they still had that vision. Yeah, yeah. like uh, Martin Luther King Jr., you know, he, yeah. he was great. Like there was um, Maya Angelou. Mm. So all these, you don't have to. You don't have to be. Yeah. yeah. Let me Let me backtrack. I'm not saying you should be an asshole to get your vision across. What I mean is sometimes it is the assholes or perceived as assholes who get the vision across. Because even if you well, said, yeah. hey, look, look, I'm sorry, but it's not working out. You're fired. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That guy still would say, oh, you're an asshole for firing me. I'm trying my best and this isn't enough for you. Like, mm. y'all, you're, un you're ungrateful. But mm. he gently told you to mm. take a walk, you know. Mm. Um, it's almost being relentless in your approach. Um, apparently, if you type in relentless.com on the internet, Amazon comes up. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? Type in relentless if you type in relentless.com, Amazon. Amazon pops up. That's just telling the world. We're coming for all of you. That's crazy. Wow. You're not stopping us. That's I want I'm you. I'm not too I familiar. Want, with I want your yeah. food, your food. I want your cake. Give me every cake in the world. I'm taking it all. You know? That's crazy. Yeah. And there's always the, I think there's always the side that's like, yeah, you guys are inspiring. And then there's also a side that's like, you guys are like maniacal. You're diabolical. <laughs> you're, you're insane. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I don't say that to say that, you know, we should be crazy. I'm only, I only say it to, I like to kind of think to myself, how do you navigate this world? How do you get your vision off the ground? Because mm -hmm. it, the people I see who do get off the ground, um, whether they do it in a gentle way or in a harsh way, they need it, they need to cut throats sometimes. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. You always have to do that. Well, yeah, of course, and and that's something that we have sort of learned as well through our process. And I think going back to that relentless, what you said, it's like I think that's why our projects are the way they are because we are really relentless about it. Like when mm. we are in the editing room with Jasmine and like we did for our last film, Perpetua, which we just finished. We did the final cut and we sat down and we, this is after so many hours of work. And we watched it and we just, we could have then sat and been like, okay, yeah, it's good. We can submit this. Mm. But the way we work is like, no, we know this can be better. Mm. And it doesn't matter how many more hours we have to put into this. We aren't going to stop until it's absolutely what we want yeah 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 we just we all looked at the final thing after it played the draft and we were just like nah 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 like this is all right but it's not phenomenal and it needs to be phenomenal and we stayed back a few more hours and yeah. then in the end and i think that's sort of how we are in our process whenever we make something now in every step of the way we are thinking like that um you just have yeah. i don't know it's just having a good vision yeah of course. that's all it is it's just it's so simple it's just know exactly what the vision is yeah. going to be. Yeah. You know, if you visualize yourself, you know, where you are at the end, then that's going to push you forward. Mm. If you just stop at mediocre or stop at something that's like, yeah, it's all right, then you're never going to get to that top part. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Can't stop at mediocre. Well, we will soon begin to, to wrap things up. Um, but 
Actually, yeah, no, I want to touch on that topic um, because I watched your um happy video as well. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And you dropped some you dropped some bars on that one. <laughs> Again. Again. <laughs> You'll drop some bars, you know, and I got it here. Okay. Those two bars I brought up, I actually quoted it. I'm actually quoting your bars in um an article I'm writing on my LinkedIn soon. Oh wow. Um, <laughs> you made it big time. <laughs> Um, but it's, it's very simple, but I think it was very profound just because I'm like, it's just so true. And obviously in, um, I'm happy is about uh, someone who is, I guess, a, a social media influencer. Is that what the person's role is? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's really representing being inside the brain of someone who is a social media influencer or someone even who's just on social media. Yeah. But really, it's just meant to represent society and their mentality about social media. Yeah. And here's where the, 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 the two bars you dropped that to me was, I was like, oh, that hit hard. Even though it was very simple, but to me, it was very profound. One was you referred to like that need for acceptance and putting on the face. You said that it's a hit. Yeah. But you go, it's a hit that I can't stop taking. Yeah. Like a drug addict. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's true. It's it's true. It's funny because it's true. It's so true, right? Yeah. Like, but I loved how it's like it was just admitted. Mm. This is a drug that I can't stop taking. Mm. Um, and at the end, you also go, "I fear, um, I can become unseeable." Mm. And uh, that line to me was also so crazy. I was like, "That's just everyone's fear, like of becoming unseeable." Um, but you know, I wanted to hear you guys' thoughts on that in society today. Like, one of um, us being addicted to things that we can't stop doing mm. such as you know i guess what i am happy was based on and then also the idea of being fearing being unseeable like how do you view that in your own lives as well and you know how that kind of came out onto the camera as well mm. um yeah well you know going back to the it's a hit it's a hit that i can't stop taking like i feel like that's something that Obviously, like, this whole thing that I wrote, it, it comes from some personal experience because that's how we write. We take it from our own experience or what we're seeing in the world. And with I Am Happy, like, I feel like social media, like, it's so great in that we can connect and we can we can create and we can show our work off and with all these people. But it does feel like that, like, an addiction, because like people go on you just scroll you don't even realize how many hours are going by when you're scrolling and then even like when we wake up in the morning the first thing we do is check our phone check yeah. our notifications and it's just become this cycle I feel like where it's like we're so consumed by it it's taking up so much of our life yeah who knew it would be so powerful yeah yeah and then being unseeable as well like do you ever feel like if you're being like raw and honest, like, do you ever feel like in what you're doing that is almost like you are unseeable, even though you are chasing, um, you know, acting and filming and writing and all these things? Does it feel like at times that it still is just unseeable? Like, well, I feel like yes. I feel like the way social media is is that, you know, you put something out, you put a post out, people like it or they might comment on it, but then they keep scrolling. And that's the way the cycle kind of is. And that's why it's like a hit. It's like you need to put something out. But you know that in a couple of days or the next week, you need to put something else out to yeah. get that happiness and get that acceptance back again. Yeah, it's like there has to be some kind of better system than this. Mm. Like, 
it just doesn't it might be sustainable but not in like the best way possible like yeah. and that's to me now um every once in a while i always talk to friends about this and i'm like yeah if i wasn't doing business on social media i wouldn't be on it at all yeah. um and the more I think about it, the more I'm like, there has to be some better way to, to do this because it doesn't seem like this is the kind of life that I w- I'm going to allow myself to live for the next 40 years. Mm. Well, I think it just shows like how in general this world, we a lot of us really want that acceptance and want that, you know, that love because to resort to getting it through, you know, making a post and some people, they even go through so desperate mes- measures to make a post that's so appealing that mm. they kind of, they're not truly happy about it. That's where I think the I am happy comes from because, mm. you know, you might seem happy in that post, but how happy were you when you made it? Yeah. You, how many times did you try to make it? Yeah, it's not reality. You can feel the desperation through, mm. like, it, it's almost screaming at you, even while it's pretending it's like, oh, I'm happy, but you can just tell all behind it's like, I am terribly miserable yeah, yeah like you know you could go out on a night with friends and like you couldn't be just not enjoying your night at all but then in your mind you're like oh man i really have to make a post so everyone can know that i'm out having a good time and they can think a certain way of me and then you're just like hey, guys let's make the post and as soon as you finish taking the photo you're back to on your phones well maybe that's the thing that like not to sound like an asshole but it's almost like I one of my one of the things I think holds me back from being able to properly um, create engagement and create traction is that I'm not constantly trying to post how post fake stuff if I'm not feeling in the mood for it. Yes. Like for example, I I like I don't even go through my stories, mm. but every time I open up my story, I see like around. 150 people have watched my story. And I think to myself, I can go weeks without watching anyone's story um, or posting anything. So at times I'm almost like, I'm almost surprised of how much people are consumed by social media because even though I'm there so much, there's a part of me that's almost like, this is so, I'm so unattached to wanting to be here. Like, and not to, I know that might sound like a bit of an asshole thing to say, but like, I don't know, like, do you guys find yourself, are you always going through stories and stuff? Because I feel like it's a big thing, but I, I part of me just doesn't understand it. I think uh, for me, something that like, uh, in terms of my experience with social media is like when I'm, I try to distance myself a lot. I often use my profile just for my business kind of work now, mm. um, but in terms of like the mental health aspect too, I try not to be on there too much. But when I do go back on because I have to make a post or something, it's I that's where I feel like it's this drug in a way because like you don't realize what you're doing, so you go on and then then you it's like this cycle it puts you in you like oh let me just scroll a little bit or let me just look at that story, and then you get consumed by it when you're on there. Mm. Whereas that's why I feel like sometimes I have to totally remove myself from the app. Yeah in order to stop that because it's it's got this way of consuming you. It's a trap. It's a good trap. Mm. <sighs> yeah. Oh, that's a good point. If, you you're not, if you're not <clears throat> doing anything, if you're not active, it's almost like, what are you, dead? What are you? 
But no, you're just but living you see, your that's, life. That's. Wow. Uh. No, that's interesting because you know what? Not that I think people are lazy or doing nothing, but I do sometimes think if I don't see someone that I know is doing business, being active, I do think maybe something's wrong or they may be going through something. Like I, I have a few friends who they were posting probably like twice a day mm. for like four months. Just going ham. I couldn't believe. It. I was like, "This guy's a gun." <laughs> <laughs> and then I went on to the person's uh, Instagram recently. It was gone. I was like, "Where's the person's Instagram?" And I thought to myself, "Oh, maybe it got him." You know, like. Yeah. So I've, I've, I think I've actually, yeah, thought that something might be wrong if someone's not posting. If they've been someone who's posting a lot. Yeah, yeah. But see, that's I think that's the problem. Then doesn't mean that you always just have to be on, always showing your life to everyone to know. That, yeah. you know, that to prove that you're doing well. And the other problem is, why do you have to prove yourself to anyone at all? Mm. <laughs> do you know what I mean? That's is, is, there a, is, there a better, is there a better way to try to navigate this? Because it's so, it's so, well, it's hard, <laughs> it's hard to not get pulled into it. it. Really like, well, yeah. I, I myself, I've been through a massive social media journey itself and recently even, mm. um, I was off social media for three months and just because when I used to first start doing social media, you know, it just, it draws you in. Like you say, you make a post, you get likes, it sends a signal to your brain. You want to make more, you want to get more likes, you want to get more, you know, compliments and stuff. And I was really into it. I really just wanted to be invested in that world. Right. Yeah. But something happened where it's kind of like, you feel like you have to keep doing it or otherwise no one's going to accept you anymore. And I stopped doing it. And it's just afterwards, I just felt so disgusting. I was like, I don't want to be this person who's just like constantly talking about myself, constantly showing what I'm doing. So I went off, right? And I don't know, it, my whole life changed because you're just not always thinking about it. You're not caring about what people think about you. You're just living life. And then when I finally came back on, Right, I was like, okay, I'm not going to use it for just personal, like selfish stuff. Why don't I use it as a positive platform? Why don't I try to like empower others, build others up, try to like, you know, shout out other people, do something mm. that's not just for myself. Yeah. And once I learned that, you know, you can use it as a tool to help others, you f I felt so much better. Yeah. It's like I felt afterwards, I just could not just be like, oh, me, 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 me. I completely it get you. It yeah. should just be like you, 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 you. you, you. you. Mm -hmm. And then after that, they'll respect you even more than when you were just making stuff about you. They'll be like, you are, a, you know, you're a person who helps everyone out and I respect you rather yeah. than, oh, I achieved this. I did this. You should respect me. Oh, dude, you're preaching to the choir right now. Honestly, like, yeah, I'm with that vision. Like, I love that idea of if you went down someone's feet, it's just them pumping other people up rather than everyone. If, if everyone was, like, pumping other people up, like, I feel like social media is, like, a great yeah. <laughs> place to go. Really like, oh, what's what? He, how, like, how they're speaking about other people, but rather than just, like, hey, my life's the, sh you the know shit. I mean? The shit, yeah. And, and then... It's just everyone basically saying, look at me, look at me. And I think we all know, we're all like, why are we all such losers? <laughs> like, not like, not literally, but just like, what's wrong with us? Like, how is the human race? Like, 
regrets to us as well being like, hey, guys, this is what I'm doing. But you feel like you need to be doing it, but you know there's something wrong with it. I think it's just a very, um, it's like a, in a sort of way, it's like a spiritual journey that you just have to go through and learn about yourself. Because ironically, the more you post just about yourself, the more how you tell others how great you are. Ironically, the more people don't like that. They don't want to always hear about, yeah, you're having such a good life. You have this, yeah, good for you. You know what I mean? If it's constantly like that, it's yeah. hard to like, I can't explain it. I get you. I've been, I've been, I've been, I, I would even say bamboozled by people who have been bamboozled that that's the way to go. Where it's like, hey guys, if you try to market, make sure that, I might play giving insider secrets now. They're like, <laughs> They're saying, hey, when you're when you're marketing, you need to make yourself seem like the role model. And already, like when I heard it, I was like, this <laughs> don't sound right. Yeah. But this is what works. So, you know, let me let me conform to what works. Um, but then within time, I, I go through my own feed. I'm like, I'm t- like, first off, I don't like social media, right? Like, just for anyone who who listens and sees me always posting, just know I don't like social media. I don't. But I'm there for business. And I go through my feed. I'm like, this is not even who I am. Like, yeah, I love helping people and putting out positive messages and stuff. But I'm like, I hate seeing my face 24-7 on my own feed. That's just annoying. Which is why the camera's just on you guys. I see. That's the thing. <laughs> I wanted it to be on you as well. Because I felt like, oh, yeah. like, you know no. what I mean? I don't want it Let to me stay out of this. No, I don't I want to be a part of this. I'm us. free. <laughs> I was like, man, at least if it was on him, he can cut back and forth to at least yeah. him speaking, not just on us. Nah, it's cool. Because if they listen to it, they're going to hear my voice anyway. And on the video, I'm going to sync it up with the audio so they'll hear my voice. But, like, they don't need to see my face. Just, I want people to be seeing others because I'm like, oh, this is just so, yeah, it's just not the way I, 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 I like living my life anyway. Mm. Well, that's yeah. good. I think that's a, it's a good outlook and, you know, it keeps you from that toxicity of just that social medianess and just being very selfish do you know how like at the start i was like you know we're gonna ease in and by the end we're gonna have like tears and revelations mm. like <laughs> this is it this is the always, <laughs> always. yeah <laughs> well look guys thank you so much for coming through being a part of the coach body experience See, even now i hate my name i'm like coach body experience why is it all about me i should make it like the everyday office experience shouldn't it have been the king badu <laughs> <laughs> like the God body experience the, God, the, the almighty <laughs> <laughs> um, but obviously you guys are working on amazing projects um, just to list off some of the things you guys have worked on for anyone who wants to go check you out Perpetua um, Superhero Starving Artist is soon to be coming out it's not released yes. yet is it? not yet um, Social Murderer I Am Happy um, uh, what else am I missing down your project's line? Oh, uh, Dr. Martholomew, a great adventurer. It sounds like a superhero. <laughs> um, uh, we have a, another web series called 2020, Now More Than Ever, which mm, was about 2020. That's right. <laughs> about 2020. Um, yeah, so quickly, I want you guys to do a plug yourselves in. Where can they find your, your work, your content? Um, Sangeetha, you want to kick it off? Where can they find you or or anything Um, you want to promote? So our main sort of page is on Instagram. It's Noah Films, at Noah Films with uh, dots between the the (laughs) N-O-A. N.O.A.H.Films. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then uh, Facebook, we're New Order Art House. 
And then all our links are on our Instagram and Facebook. Too easy. Can I be that annoying person? Take away the dots. Make it as easy as possible, if possible, just for them to find it. Like, you can be the end dot, end yeah, dot, yeah. before your tag. Just I make it be like Noah. it was taken, and maybe that's was what it? happened. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, we had to take that off. I, I'm, I swear, Lakshmi going to be working for me one day. She's going to be like my... Uh, do you know like Joe Rogan has... um? Yeah. <laughs> I want Lakshmi to be like my, my sidekick. Just to be like, yeah, I'll, I'll reference that. That's true. Like, no, nah, that's a lie. Yo, next time we get next, her on mic, she's going to have some <laughs> such sidekick bars to throw down. I'm going to love it. Uh, <laughs> Marshall, where can they find you if it's not at the dot? Where can we get you? Nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, no, I was going to say we are about to start up a page yeah. in um, about a month. And um, it's going to be an online magazine, and you can find that at the moment on Instagram at Diversity Australia. Um, so it's diversity yeah. dot Australia. No, it's just diversity. Oh, is it? It's yeah. Become, so yeah. basically, no dots. Basically, no dots. I had um, I had uh, Instagram Instagram page, and it was a personal page, and it was just about yeah. my daily life and what I did, and my achievements and stuff. And I really didn't like that anymore, so I archived everything i changed it and i made it into diversity australia which will soon be like a media page magazine online emag and it's just about interviewing different people from all walks of life it doesn't matter what industry you are but if yeah. you have an interesting story we'll like we'd like to hear about it 100 if you want to hire me for that we would let me know that was when we were gonna that's when we we're gonna get him for his interview yeah of course king badu yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you guys are too funny. All right, guys. And if you're looking for myself, I feel like after everything we said at the end, I feel like I shouldn't be plugging myself. But I'm going to do it anyway. If you're looking for these interviews such as this in video form, we can see our faces and all those kind of things. Um, you can go to at Coach Badu on Instagram or uh, Joshua Badu on all other major platforms. Thank you for listening to Coach Badu Experience. See you next time. Thank you, Josh. <laughs>